No, I just completely misunderstood. I, I assumed that the Trinidadian grandmother didn't put weed in my cookies. Yeah. And so then I would just... <laughs> That's fair. I was like in my little Airbnb tent in her backyard uh, working on stuff, and I just got really heavy. Like I would stand up and my limbs were heavy. Wow, you didn't even know. Welcome to the season one finale of Deviate with Rolf Potts, where for the past 52 weeks I've been talking with experts, public figures, and interesting people about fascinating topics that meander off topic. Today, comedian Ari Shafir comes back for a meta discussion about lessons learned from my one year of podcasting. And as is always the case when I talk with Ari, the conversation goes all over the place. We talk about travel, of course, and we talk about and go shopping for magic mushrooms. We talk about panhandling and losing bets and how most travel TV shows suck and many other salient topics as we drive around Los Angeles. Toward the very end of this episode, we even get a little bit serious and talk about how podcast conversations are actually a useful place to explore ideas, especially in an age when social media sites like Twitter have reduced our civic conversations to stunted sentence-length dopamine rage feedback loops. Before I get into that, since this is the last episode of the season, I'd love to hear back from all of you as I start to think about season two, which will probably debut next spring. I actually have a list of five simple ways you can help me as this podcast moves forward in future seasons. Before I get to those five things, you might be wondering why I'm taking time off from the podcast this winter. Truth is, I've been doing this for about a year now, and while it's been a ton of fun, it's also been a ton of work, so it seemed wise to take a break and recharge for a while. But even more specifically, I'll be off vagabonding my way across Asia this winter, and thanks to conversations with folks like Ari, I'm keen to get back to my travel routes on the backpacker trail. I'll actually be traveling on an around-the-world itinerary this winter, thanks to the folks at Airtrex.com. You might recall they set up my flights when I traveled around the world for six weeks with no luggage back in 2010. This year, they're sending me to Asia and Europe as part of a promotion that involves you guys. Airtrex specializes in round-the-world and multi-stop flight planning. They've been doing it for more than 30 years now. And it's amazing how cheap round-the-world fares can be through Airtrex. In 2010, for example, when I was traveling with no luggage, I visited five continents over the course of 30,000 miles from Kansas to New York to London to Paris and Madrid and Morocco and Egypt and South Africa to Thailand and Singapore and Australia and New Zealand and then back to Kansas via Los Angeles and Las Vegas. Individually booked on your typical travel site, these flights would add up to well over $10,000, but plug that same itinerary into the Airtrex trip planner and you can find economy class itineraries that connect all of those places I just mentioned for under $3,700. That's around the world, five continents and 12 countries for under $3,700 in flight fares. I could give you some other specific examples, but it's probably easier to just check out the Airtrex Round the World Trip Planner for yourself and tinker and dream about your own travels a bit. So we've set up a Deviate promo page at airtrex.com slash deviate. That's Trex as in T-R-E-K-S, airtrex.com slash deviate. You'll find some great deals and promotions there specific to me, but as much as anything, it's a great place to lose an afternoon playing around with your own travel itineraries. Again, that's airtrex.com slash deviate, and if you book around the world or multi-stop flight through that site, Airtrex will sweeten the deal by sending you a personalized, signed-by-me copy of Vagabonding to take along with you on the journey. So that's my first ask, to check out the travel tools at airtrex.com slash deviate. Yes, Airtrex is my first sponsor, and sponsorship in general is something Ari and I discuss in greater detail later in the podcast. If by chance you're interested in sponsoring Deviate next season, be it with a travel product or something else, drop me a line at deviate at rolfpots.com. 
My second call to action from you guys is to send me some feedback on season one, which themes you liked, which guests you like or didn't like, who you want back and what you want to hear in future seasons. Again, just email me at deviateatrolfpots.com and be sure to include your mailing address because I'll be sending out postcards from Asia this winter. That is real physical postcards to listeners who give me useful feedback. Now, in keeping with the Deviate theme, I covered a broad variety of topics this season, and I surprised even myself with the number of times I covered faintly nostalgic topics pertaining to art and music from the 1980s and 1990s. Ari thinks I should do some more travel-themed episodes in Season 2, and I'm curious to know what you think. So that's ask number three. Let me know what you'd like me to talk about on this podcast in the future. I actually have an idea for a true crime investigative piece, but I'll probably need production help with it. So if you have research, reporting, or podcast interviewing experience, let me know at deviateatrolfpots.com, and I might be able to put you to work on some Season 2 episodes. The true crime story actually takes place in my home state of Kansas, so it helps if you're based in this part of the country, though it isn't absolutely necessary to be based here. True crime aside, I'd love your input on possible travel-themed episodes. The other day, for example, I heard from a listener named Matt who had heard me on Ari's podcast in 2017 and within four months had sold his business and belongings and started traveling the world. Matt tells me, quote, 10 months later, I've been to 109 concerts around the world, including seeing Ari in Denver. I've made 50 friends that I keep in regular contact with. I have no stress. I've lost weight. I've saved money. I could give less of a fuck about TV shows and video games coming out. I have a better relationship with my mom, and I've gotten chlamydia twice, end quote. So if, like Matt, you're out traveling the world, drop me a line and tell me about it, because I'd love to somehow integrate that travel energy and enthusiasm in Season 2. Again, I'm at deviateatrolfpots.com. All right, almost done here. We'll get to Ari in a second. Call to action number four is just to get caught up with the back episodes of Deviate as you have time this winter. My friend Mel, who gets mentioned multiple times in this episode, is one of the people who helped talk me into creating a podcast in 2017. But even she admits that she's fallen behind from time to time on episodes. So to Mel and everyone else, this winter is a good chance to check out any episodes you may have missed. A full archive of all 52 Season 1 episodes with show notes can be found at rolfpotscom deviate. And finally, call to action number five as Season 1 winds down is please subscribe to Deviate via iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. Leave a friendly review, share your favorite episodes with your friends and on social media, and go to rolfpots.com to sign up for my newsletter to keep track of what I've been up to, where I've been traveling, and what I have in store for the future, including future podcast episodes. All right, thanks for sticking with me, guys, through this intro and through the first season of Deviate. Here's Ari and me shooting the shit as we drive around Los Angeles. Just so the audience knows, we were going to... Well, actually, we've had several plans for yeah. for this interview. One was going to be like the, the big uh, sort of uh, cliffhanger mushroom. <laughs> yeah. We're going to drive out in the desert and, and then like do the interview on the way to the desert and then do mushrooms. And then I would, this is like the last episode of my first season. So I was going to pick it up, like give a field report in season two. Yeah. Uh, but now you're, you're out pitching shows. Is that? Yeah. I'm trying to do this thing, trying to get it going. That sounds um, good. Yeah. It's annoying though. I did want to do that. But then, then again, actually now I'm supposed to be sober. So, but I told them, oh. I was like, Hey, that sobriety does not count for doing mushrooms in the, all my friends, I was like, it's mushrooms in the desert. Just, I'm taking a break from it for that. I won't smoke weed with it, but 
So you had a writer. Yeah, I had a writer. Is this exactly. it, like other people are doing this? Who who else is doing this? Or is Me, it Rogan, uh, Tom Segura, and Burt Kreischer. Okay. Um, we did it last year, but then other people across the country do it, like unrelated to us. That bartender last night I was asking for non-alcoholic beer. Well, Bill Burr talked about it. He said he's going extra hard this month to make up for us. I saw him a couple days ago. Well, extra hard what? Extra hard sober? Or extra no, hard boozer. drunk? Oh, okay. Yeah. And he goes, I'll, I'll clean up in November, but I'm going to fucking make up for you guys. Dude, I told Ferris I was going to get take mushrooms with you. And he oh, okay. Like, and he was like, good. That guy should take some. Yeah, well, maybe we can loop him in. I mean, I, this is like... <clears throat> it, that The last time we talked... By the way, where are we going? Are we going back to the We're burrito just place? We're just driving around. Yeah. Okay. It takes the pressure off me with you driving because you can just sort of... Yeah. I sort of have this Midwest compulsion to have a place to go, whereas you can just sort of... Yeah. As, as, oh, yeah. as a guy with L.A. chops, just drive around. Dude, that is... Oh, well, go ahead. But then there is that thing of like, where are we going? What are we doing? And it's like nothing. That, that that thing of like you say, go find a beach to learn how to do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we're not going anywhere. We're just driving. Yeah. That, that family drive is like no longer a part of society. Yeah. No, I, I, I sort of stumbled onto that when I was in Hawaii this winter where I just got in the habit of going, of walking all day, just like going uh-huh. on these beautiful hikes, not taking notes, not wanting to write about it, just being out there. Uh, and that was great. So that's what we can do here. We can just fart around. We, yeah. we can we can flaneur around. But um, yeah. So so like the last time we did this was almost exactly a year ago. The Dodgers were also in the World Series. Oh yeah. We were uh, we headed. Damn. You know, it's episode whatever. It's episode five. This will be episode fifty-two. Wow. Uh, and and actually, one thing I want to talk about is just sort of I, I sort of want to reflect after a year of podcasting and sort of get your feedback since you've been doing it longer than me. But this is okay. it's been a lot of work, like fifty two. That's like a lot, ep- man. It's like an episode a week. That's a year's worth of shit. That's and I, great. And I've missed some weeks, but I've also doubled up on some weeks, so it'll be almost exactly it'll it'll shake out to a to an episode a week. Anyhow, a, a, a year ago, we drove we got lost in Pasadena. We were driving around looking for a burrito place, yeah, talking about pulp, pulp Fiction and stuff. Um, and you you basically talked me into doing mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> and and it was I mean it just made so much sense. Like I've been resistant to all sorts of all sorts of you know air quote drug use for my whole life, but you you somehow you uh, you set out the case and it worked. But now now I just haven't done it. Like I was going to do it in the spring, but like you have to get friends together and like my friends are so spread out that like I was going to do it in Kansas in the spring, but nobody could come in Kansas. We we're gonna do it in the desert, yeah. Like on Tuesday, but you got busy, and then um, I guess you had a, a rider attached to Sober October. But uh, so yeah, I still don't know when I'm gonna do it, but I have. I, I am at, gonna at, do at it. At very least, if it's in your head, people ask me too, like when to get mushrooms, and I'm like, just get them, keep them in your freezer, because there's gonna mm. come a time where like I want to do them today, and your like, friends are like, yeah, let's do them, and then you're like not gonna be able to get them. Oh right, yeah. Um, well, maybe I should do that. That'll be my goofy little uh, goal setting thing like only instead of putting an inspirational quote above my desk Uh I'll I'll have a little ziplock of of mushrooms in my freezer oh yeah it's too bad you don't go on the road doing comedy I get mushrooms constantly from fans well I mean that's sort of your brand if if, if vagabonding had a chapter about psychedelics then I'm sure I would get them as well (laughs) well I thought about going to the desert and doing it anyway yeah you should um with my friend Mel but but she said uh, yeah I don't think you're supposed I've never done it either and I I don't know if you um if that's a good idea. Why? Well, I don't know. Well, she, neither of us are experts. Oh, so okay. We're both talking out of our ass. Oh, no, dude, it's the perfect place. Like, to find a, a friend who has not, also not done them and do them together. Well, that's why I did on Promenade. That it was a friend who hadn't done them. Okay. Or had done them once, I guess. But uh. still, it's like, 
you'll be fine. That's the main thing to know. Nothing bad happens to anybody on them. Well, we are, we are supposed to go for a hike tomorrow. Like, how how long is the is the period of, of hike uh, where? Like in the Angeles National Forest or oh, that's good. In Malibu or something. Tomorrow's a weekday. But then we would need We're, to find them. Like me and another person who has no mushroom chops at all. I'll make some phone calls. Okay, God, this is good. This is like the live. This is the live listening on Ari scoring me some mushrooms. Yeah, let me. Uh, the red light, I'll send a text to somebody who might have some. Well, it's funny, I still haven't, you know, I still haven't done mushrooms. And actually, when we talked last time, I hadn't done weed either, but I've done weed you since have? then. Yeah. Did it hit you? Well, no, I mean, uh-huh. this, is, this is the thing is that, like, when I was in Hawaii, this, like, this 80 year old Trinidadian Airbnb host said, oh, well, here's some <laughs> breakfast and here's some cookies and they have some edibles in them. And I was just thinking, Oh, well, she means nuts and, and raisins or something. <laughs> and so she gave me, uh, so I ate like an edible cookie edibles that and morning. cookies, that's a double, why would you have so, edibles and something like edible? So like, no, I just completely misunderstood. I, I assumed that the Trinidadian grandmother didn't put weed in my cookies. Yeah. And so then I would just, <laughs> that's fair. I was like in my little Airbnb tent in her backyard uh, working on stuff. And then I just got really heavy. Like I would stand up and my limbs were heavy. Wow, you didn't even know. And, and so that was the extent, that's when I figured it out. But then... Like, like you know, on three occasions since then, like some friends of I, of me who've had weed, you know, weed people are very generous. They're here, have some. And so I have some and I swear it doesn't, it, I haven't gotten high. That's fucking weird and disappointing. And and so we can do this, you know, no, no rush, but maybe yeah. for, for your podcast sometime, just like a scientific thing where we, we time it out and I do this much weed and then we just see what happens. Cause I swear I didn't yeah. get high. It's, it's, and I've had friends who were just, my friends were just like really stoned. I was, I was thinking of going and getting you some and just watching you, but it'd be better as a controlled experiment if I'm doing it too, so I can tell like this is strong weed. Yeah. And I can't smoke right now, but I was thinking of like going and stopping at a shop and just buying you some and watching you smoke to make sure you're doing it right. <laughs> well, no, I was with I, one of my friends is just very serious about this, and yeah. she like she was telling me to inhale with and all she with my you? whole lungs. Yeah, yeah. And she was monitoring it. She had one of those little pen things. Um, and nothing. And nothing. And wow. so, and, and and this is not only, it doesn't have to be for your podcast, but it would be interesting. Yeah. And then also, I'm just curious to know, like, does it not work on me? Because I've been putting it off my whole life, and yeah. now I did it, and it's just like, oh, I feel Too like late. I'm, wasting, <laughs> I'm wasting your weed because you're sort of getting high and I'm not. So, you know, obviously, it's not something we're going to do, do on this sober October day, but uh, down the line, we'll have to do this. Yeah, let's do it in New York or something. We can do my apartment. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and um, then, then we'll set up a timer, set up an egg timer, um, do some maybe some cognitive tests and, and just sort of figure out what's happening. So this could be the cliffhanger of this episode is that Ari, like last time it was the quest for a burrito and now this time maybe this will culminate in the acquisition of mushrooms. Yeah, I'm going to write my friend Matt, that guy who found them. Okay. After the, somebody else. The guy recently. from the story. Uh, yeah. Um, Oh, and, and, and um, so have you interviewed Tim for your podcast? Yeah, first? I just oh, did it. cool, cool. Yeah, I meant to tell you, I just did it. It was great. Well, then maybe He's we can... He's such a fucking hippie. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, like when I talked to him about mushrooms, actually it wasn't on the podcast, but we were, it was when he visited me in Paris a couple of years ago and we walked to the to Versailles from the Notre Dame and he was mentioning mushrooms and you know the effect and stuff and i was still very much in my not going to do drugs ever at all in your head of and like, he like he was apologetic it's like well i don't mean to be 
um, pushy. pushing pushing mushroom. And it's like no no no. I'm just it's just like I'm not. That has never been my thing. But now obviously it is. So maybe we should loop <laughs> Tim in. Like maybe we should have some sort of occasion where we go out with Tim and. Yeah, at least talk, but he was like, interesting. He's like, you're going to watch him? I'm like, no, I'm going to do him with him. He goes, oh, okay. <laughs> well, like, Tim wants to, to watch us do mushrooms. That's fine, but I, I think he should be a part I of it. I hate that shit of, like, watching. And then I always feel like I'm being watched mm. instead of, like, just enjoying it. Right. Um, well, this is, like, um, my friend, like, if we can... Did you send the text? Yeah, I gotta get a number and then uh, and then ask this other lady. So if we if we, if we do with my friend Mel, she's, she's great, but... Um, Oh, like there's a certain self-consciousness. I'll have to talk through this before we do it because once she took me to the Church of Scientology, you know, yeah, just, just for laughs, there. uh-huh. there's like a Scientology center and she's here. Oh, we'll just we'll just go walk around and it'll be it'll be fun and we'll have a few laughs and I'm here, really? And she's here, yeah. So then we got inside and she sort of lost her nerve and got really nervous and she's like, let's go, let's go. And I'm like, what? We, <laughs> we just got here. So, you know, this 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 presumed uh, journey for laughs to just walk around the Scientology Center and, and see what it's like, and then she just lost her nerve. So um, hopefully there won't be a corollary experience with, with the mushroom. Yeah, you want you want a good, they say set and setting, I don't quite understand what that means, but what it what it means is like be around cool people that you're, right. that you're comfortable with right. and be in a good location. So like if you didn't care at all about Scientology Center, that would be a fun place to do it. But I actually went and had the same experience. So I was like, they're watching me, they're trying to cull my information and like, Oh. This is bad news. Well, I, I wasn't. This was just. This was not drug related at all. Like yeah, it was, it was just a drug. No, I know. So I'm saying add drugs to that, and it's not a good place. Right. But around cool. Vegas casinos would be totally cool. Oh. It's just like you're laughing, and you're sort of like. Well, I was at the Museum of Jurassic Technology yesterday, and I swear half the people there were high. You know, like it's just this weird museum. For sure. Um, For sure, I could see that the way you described it. What is it? What is it? Well, yeah. Well, it's this museum, uh, and, and part of the. The conceit is that it's it's a better experience if you don't know what it is. If you just okay. show up and go through the museum, so I guess I'll leave it at that, and, and for the audience too. That that um to tell you what it's like would sort of ruin the surprise of the what the fuck is going on in this of the Museum of Jurassic Technology, and it's since the '80s it's slowly taken over this 14,000 square foot building in downtown Los Angeles, and it's sort of a museum, but it's sort of not a museum, uh, and it's just it's a very it's a deeply weird place. And um, it feels like it would be conducive to certain sorts of drug experiences because it's just, yeah, it's, it's like a museum, but it's also not like a parody of a museum, but like almost a pushback against the idea of what a museum is supposed to be. So anyway, I, I doubt I'm going to do my first mushroom experience in the Museum of Jurassic Technology. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of those where I get, I would get that feeling of like, am I ruining this for everybody else? <laughs> But, like, that's why I like the woods so much, or the yeah. desert. Yeah. Oh, and I'm excited. Maybe I can get this for you. Yeah. So so the call is out for the mushrooms. And so how long have you been doing your podcast? Six, seven, eight years. God. How many episodes do you have? You're, like, up to 400 or something? 340, almost 338, I think I'm up to. No, I took some breaks. Yeah. I went traveling. I took a four-month break. Yeah. I've slowed down. Um after travel and maybe even before where I'm like I gotta live my life a little it's every week and I'm mortgaging my time my, my time I value well that's what that's sort of one thing I want to talk about like I want to think back like this is this is this is the bookend we're once again driving around uh, Los yeah. Angeles during d- talking about mushrooms during the we'll get a burrito. Um, right well we could get a burrito but uh, yeah so so I'm just um, 
I just sort of want to reflect on this because it is a lot of work. It's a lot more work than it needs to be. And I've done I've done 52 in a year, and that's I, I need to take a break. And when I come back for season two, I probably can't do it a, 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 an episode. I'm a on week. like two to two and a half a month now. Okay. Um, and people are like, I want more. It's like I get it. Yeah, I'd love to do more too. But defining people. Um, well, finding yeah, finding people, arrange you know, making arrangements. Yeah, it's just difficult. It just like takes away, and then you're like having fun with your friends or something. You're like, oh, fuck, I gotta go to this interview that you want to do. It's, it'd be an interesting conversation, but like, you didn't want to do it right now. Right. Uh, there was this lady, so I have to, I lost a bet. We have these bets for like a sports podcast we do, uh, which is easier. I just Skype in and then it's over. Um, but that's the one you do here. Yeah. 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 I, I picked you up from that last time. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. When I'm in town, I do I do it here. Um, but oh, so we make these bets, and we find, I, I found that betting for money is it's it doesn't it doesn't work unless you have the same amount of money. It's like when you're in grade school, it's fine. Everybody has an allowance of dollars. Oh, right. Yeah. But after that, like you know, you know, even a thousand dollars, let's say Tim Ferriss versus a thousand dollars to like my broke um, me. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like that's a major difference in like how much it affects you, how much you're w- winning or losing. Right. Yeah. You know? So yeah. we do uh, bets of like shame. Okay. Like that. Gotcha. Um, I've had my friend had to have a, a, a mustache or a beard of pubes taped to his face oh, for an entire man. episode. Oh, I lost Jesus. one of those two. Nipple pierced. Uh, watch every episode of Whitney in a row. God, I'm not going to bet with you. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. We, we decide these bets and then we put them in a bag. And then when we're sure of something, we're like, bag of bets and like, bag of bets. And then we just go and whatever comes out, that's the bet. But this bet, anyway, that I've lost that I tried <laughs> to pay off yesterday uh, or two days ago was uh, I have to beg for $40. Okay. On the street. You have to panhandle. Panhandle. You okay. can't mention it's a bet. Right. You can't call in ringers who know you. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. And so I was on the corner of La Cienega and Santa Monica. So you've done it. I tried. Uh-huh. For three hours. Uh-huh. I got zero dollars, wow. two bottles of water. Okay. I started to hate people who have homes. <laughs> I started to hate. I'm like, fucking give me a quarter. Come on. Give me something. Anyway, there's this lady on the side, on the sidewalk. So I'm in the middle, you know, on the turn lane, going at every red light, going through, you know, the normal way. Right, yeah. Uh, I see her just lying down over there. Anyway, at three hours, I give up. Uh, or maybe two hours, and I spent another hour at 7-Eleven until I got the cops called on me. It's, oh. Yeah, interesting life. Anyway, so I, I, I cross the street, and I'm walking past her, and she's like, how'd you do? Uh-huh. You know, like she saw uh-huh. me out there. I was like, yeah. fucking awful. And I was like, how about you? She's like, 37 bucks. And then, whoa! Yeah, we started talking. I mean, but she was there the whole day. Um, okay. And we started talking a little bit, and oh, that's a little bit interesting. Um, and she was telling me about some some traits of the thing, and I, I was pretending like I do this all the time. She's like, "Where do you normally post up?" and shit like that. She taught me a term, "spange." Okay. Uh, which I guess is spare change. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, Makes people spanging over here. There's normally a guy. Anyway, then I was like, "Oh, I want to do a podcast with her." Okay. You know, because yeah. I've already cracked her open. Yeah, yeah. And she's normal, she, but she's been homeless for eight years. Jesus. But yeah, but so then yesterday, though, I was hiking with my buddy, and then I was like, I gotta do this thing. And then I was like, we started talking, and I was like, I don't wanna go. I don't wanna go down there and try to find her. Come on, dude. So you stood up the. the well, we, didn't, we didn't arrange something. It was just gonna be like, when I left her yesterday, like, gonna be here tomorrow? She's like, yeah, I'm like, all right, maybe I'll see you tomorrow. But then my head is like, this is a podcast. I give her a hundred bucks. That's a good idea, yeah. Yeah, which would be worth her time. Um, let her charge her shit. Um, she offered me a cigarette. I, I normally don't smoke, but I was like, yes. 
Oh, how, nice. how am I going to turn down a homeless lady offering me a cigarette? Well, see that. I mean, it, you obviously did horrible, but you experienced that part of that day in a way that's so so unique, and yeah. so different, and it brought you to the point where you're sort of grateful to befriend a homeless person. Yeah, it really was interesting, and I still have to do. I still got to get forty bucks, and maybe I'll go back to New York and try to do it there, or go to the subway. Oh, it's so fucking garbage. Oh right, you still have to do it. Yeah, yeah um, until I get forty bucks, then we give that money to the homeless guy. Okay, gotcha. So. Well, you probably need strategies. I bet there's online strategies for panhandling. Maybe. Maybe. I wonder how Can you bring a dog? Sure. Yeah, bring a dog. Yeah, bring that's a, a good puppy. idea. That's a yeah. good idea. Borrow a friend's dog. Or a child. But uh, <laughs> yeah. it's probably more legal. Maybe muddy up one of your children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be another interesting like uh, thing to do the metrics on. Like panhandling alone versus a dog versus mm-hmm. a child. Yeah, how do, how do women do? How do men do? Yeah, just just stake out a certain corner on, on successive days or six people on, on similar corners at the same time. I was sure I would get like 35 cents per red light. Like one person would be like, I don't know, from the center console. Right. Jesus, bro. Have you ever given anybody money at a red light? Yeah. Okay. I think I have. Uh, and I've seen it happen to other people. But I had that corner mapped out in my mind about... 18 years ago I would take that to go to work at the comedy store mm. and I'd be like I wonder how much money you could get doing this here did you have a sign uh huh okay oh they're in the back actually I have three different signs okay so we're in Ari's like school bus yellow rental car yeah. your, your hand your is okay so need money for a vasectomy yeah. okay even a nickel will help. Yeah, I was, trying, I was trying the sympathy route. Right, yeah. Yeah, and then this is just a longer version of... Uh, Clearly, I should not be having kids vasectomy money. Didn't work. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I thought maybe, you know, the first time you saw somebody going like, let's be honest, this is for booze. Right. You know, and you're like, you know what, that guy's honest. All right, I'll give him... And now it's become like a hacky homeless thing to do. Right, yeah. But in the beginning, it was like, yeah, man, you get a dollar. I like how you, you, you tested it in pencil. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> I had to map it out. I don't want to ruin maybe, it. maybe they're like, he's not homeless. He tested that in pencil. <laughs> I did get a couple laughs on it. Yeah. Smiles. And then I also got recognized a few times. And they're like, oh, what are you doing out here? I was like, fucking nothing. Get out of here. You got I recognized. was so mad. Yeah. <laughs> well, could you, by the rules of the bet, could you say, Psst, just No, no, okay. no. It can't be ringers. If those guys gave me money, I couldn't accept it. Or I'd take it, but I'd use it for, like, you know, food, but not for the That's, number. When, when you get recognized panhand- as yourself panhandling in L.A., that... You've, uh, you've you've made it. Yeah, There's a certain times. sense to extent extent to which you've made it if you get recognized, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, that bum looks like uh, Ari Shafir," and I'm like, "No, no, no, I think that is Ari Shafir." <laughs> What's he doing? <laughs> and I've already had a vasectomy too. Oh, okay. Didn't even hold up, like, uh, you know, with the logic. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, no, that's that's those are endearing signs, actually. Yeah, this lady just had a God bless sign on a like small notebook in in. Pen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Did you did you, could you dress up hoboey? Did you? Yeah, I tried. I wore like um, sort of hiking pants. That's all I had, really. I could muddy these up a little bit. Right. She looked dark though. She was like, you know, burned by the sun and dirt. She looked way more homeless than I did. Yeah. No. I, there's a lot of variables, you know, behind the fact that you didn't get a single penny. Also, I think a lot more people now than when I first thought of that corner. Uh, are on their cell phones and so they don't see you yeah. half the people don't even see you until you're like on them and then it's like that's a yeah that's a good consideration H- have you thought about like going to Venice and like I gotta go somewhere else 
I gotta go somewhere where it's you're right, right, the Venice boardwalk. Yeah. That could be good. And like tourists and, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. That feel bad for you. I'd feel more comfortable there actually than in an intersection. I, I decided not to do it in New York just because yeah, and it'd be nicer too. Ocean air. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You can multitask, it'll be good for your health and you can maybe get some spare change to It was so embarrassing the first like three or four lights and then it became like that's eh, fine whatever and it's like come on give me money <laughs> I was like so mad about it I, I was a bar tout I did in Jerusalem once yeah um, what's a bar tout well you, you you walk around the tourist areas handing out flyers for a bar uh, and actually my friend had done it this was when I was writing my travel column for Salon and I just wanted something I wanted to do something different in Jerusalem mm-hmm. and I wanted to sort of humble myself in, in this spiritual city uh, and so my friend had done it but he's, he's like this um, uh, force of personality. Like, you know, he just exudes charisma and, you know, everybody's like, oh, yes, I will take a, a flyer. So he, he, did, he did well. And you make, I don't know, the, bartend, the bar owner gives you like 10 bucks and free drinks or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's the same thing that I've walked past those guys a million times. Like, this is in Vegas. At least they used to have it in Vegas. Got dudes like putting strip club uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. flyers okay. in your face. Okay. Only mine was for a bar. So like Jerusalem, at least this was 20 was years ago. It was full of, oh God, I don't remember. Yeah. It was it was in that old Jerusalem area. A lot of tourists. Um, yeah. And, you know, basically the tourists who aren't so spiritual, they don't, wouldn't like it, a nice beer afterwards. It was nice. Cute, cute barmaids. Um, and uh, and so then I went out there and then it was just, just like, I, I, I got pissed a little bit, you know, just by how people would pretend that I wasn't there, you know. Yeah. That, that I'd be holding out a flyer, and most people would say, oh, no, thanks. And it, it changed my perspective towards that position because it was it's super rude to completely... Just, Ignore somebody. But you're yeah. like, but uh, but on our side of it, on the non-handing outside, it's like, no, you're just bothering me. I don't, yeah. I don't have any interest in this. And you're not the only one, too. So then it becomes like a bunch of people are trying to hand shit out to me. That, that would almost be an interesting set of initiatives to make, to get people out of the cell phone zone, you know, just because so much is framed. I talk about this in the context of travel a lot. I just get away from your phone. Um, yeah. And so you could almost write a book of little initiatives where you, that make, force you to have actual experiences. Right. Pan, panhandle for money. Panhandle, you know? yeah. Hey, this is Rolf. Back to my conversation with Ari in a second. I've been researching the route for my winter Asia trip at airtracks.com slash deviate, and I came up with a couple great itineraries. I'm recording this in early November, and I'm not 100% sure yet where I'll be going in January, so I tried some hypothetical routes. I was able to find a set of flights that mixes some of my favorite places in Asia with some Asian countries I've never visited before. One Airtrex itinerary takes me from Kansas to LA to Korea to Bali to Sri Lanka to Nepal to the Republic of Georgia and then back to New York and Kansas. That's around the world this winter, visiting five different countries for a starting price of around $2,800, which is about five times less than it would cost to book those flights individually. The Airtrex online trip planner also alerted me that I could add stops at Singapore and Dubai for no extra cost on that itinerary, which I might just do, at least for a day or two en route to those main countries. I encourage you to check out these fares for yourself using the promo link we've set up at airtrex.com deviate. Seriously, it's a lot of fun to just fart around and dream a little. It even has a function that allows you to save several hypothetical round-the-world itineraries for future reference when the time is right for you to travel. Again, that's airtrex.com deviate. Be sure to check out the specials for deviate listeners. 
including a signed copy of Vagabonding when you book your first trip. Please keep this in mind as you book your travels as it helps support the show. All right, back to Ari. So ladies and gentlemen, we uh, we have reached stage two. We have a number of a girl. Are you texting her? Yeah. You're gonna just going to check with her? Okay. Um, I have to get her number, but she used to have the best. Like she, Every full moon, this witch she knew would have these mushroom chocolates. Nice. All right, so... Can you text? You, you watch the red light for me. Uh, I'll watch the red light. It's green now. Sorry. Okay, thank you. <laughs> we can pull into a, a parking lot or something. Or I can steer. I can sort of live broadcast a, an automobile accident. <laughs> I did that once. I was doing a, a podcast intro on a bike, on a city bike in New York. Um, I want to ask you about your intros, too. Yeah. And those then, are really long. Yeah, I go nuts. I try to hide my ads. Okay, so are they in? That was the reason. Are they in the intro? Yeah, they're in the intro. I don't always get ads, but when I was like, ads are coming, so like, let me make this area for it. So instead of just like, hi, this well, this episode is brought to you by this. Um, right. It's about, I have Rolf Potts today. We're going to see the author. We're going to talk about travel. Right. But it's like, and then it's like, why would you not skip over that? So I tried doing a little riff in them, and now they just get longer and longer. I have fun with them. It's usually about me and my life. But they, they're like an hour long sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> sometimes I really get lost in them. Once I was like, I should just I should just stop. This should be the the episode. I should be like, <laughs> hey, we'll have Jonah on next week. <laughs> this has been too long. <laughs> sort of the blue balls cast where you just talk for so long and then don't don't actually bring them bring them. Yeah, on. yeah, exactly. Uh, I have fun with it though. It helps me riff, and it's like people enjoy it. Some people get mad, but they get. I think they usually get mad based on the idea that intros aren't really content. Right. But I'm like. Well, there's probably some people who are just they they found your podcast because you interviewed. Right. And like, get to it. Yeah, and they and they're like, they're, they aren't 100 percent sure what your deal is, and they just want to hear Henry Rollins or whatever. Yeah, that Henry Rollins when I went off on like a real tangent, which is just a silly, yeah, long thing, and some people are like, what the fuck? Yeah. And they are, that's exactly what it is. People are like, I'm here for Henry Rollins. I'm like, yeah, but I don't know, but I actually like that one. Yeah, it was, no, that was a, silly. That was uh, I like that episode. Uh, mine, I have I have concise. I actually write my intros. Do you really? Yeah, and um, I'll have to see. Actually, I'm, I'm curious to know what people like and don't. So if you're listening to this right now, just send me an email. Um, yeah, so I actually write my intros. Write them out word for word or just like bullet I, points? No, I, I write them out word for word. Damn, and maybe, I, maybe, that's, maybe I'm overdoing it. Maybe that's not conversational enough. But just the first season, I want to sort of promise people. Do we have, is there some sort of religious revival here? It's Jesus stuff. It's Jesus in Spanish. Yeah, it's spreading the word. I've heard that in Central America, they have these holy roller people. God, they're noisy. Yeah. Um, and they have like churches. I was in one place. It was like the border of El Salvador and, and Honduras, was it? Is El Salvador in, in some place? No, maybe it was Guatemala and El Salvador. And they had the church, and the speakers were just facing the alley, and they're like playing drums and electric guitars and preaching huh. sermons, and they were just like preaching to to, uh, to passersby. Oh, this is the same. Yeah, no, that's just a dude with a speaker on the car. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyway, so so I write out my intros, I have my theme music, and then I edit my episode. So that makes it more time-consuming all the way around. Yeah, I would stop doing that. Yeah, you think? So maybe season two... People people not listen, they listen to listening on a conversation. I, I get the idea of editing it to the best parts, but they don't listen like they listen to TV. Right. You know, with TV, it's like, I need, yeah, I need this, you can't just have like, bad takes but in this you can it's fine 
It's just like, let me just hear a conversation. Right. Even periods of like 10 seconds of silence. It's like, it's okay. We don't want a lot of that, but like some of it. I might do more of that in season two. We'll see. I'm going to have fewer episodes, I think, or, or not a weekly thing. Um, oh, yeah. shit. He gave me the old number. Okay. So it bounced back? No, he just said I gave her her old number. Oh, shit. I just brought it to Ari. <laughs> <laughs> to somebody else. <laughs> I was like, do you have any connections to some random person? It's Ari. <laughs> Implicating myself. I mean for shrooms. <laughs> oh, you said you specified shrooms? Yeah. Okay. Well, then maybe somebody, whoever got that message, thought they're being pranked. Oh, dude, I sent a message to my friend. He's a short Jewish guy. And he had a second kid. And I texted him, like, congratulations. Um, is it a boy or girl? How long? How many weeks till he's bigger than you? Okay. Um, and then uh, he wrote back, I'm a child. I'm like, I know, babies having babies. That's what's the problem with America. Uh, tell your wife, <laughs> congratulations. And then they wrote back, sir, I am a child. Please desist from contacting me or I'll <laughs> oh, contact the authorities. Jesus. And I was like, wait, is this not Robbie? He goes, sir, if you text me again, I will contact the authorities. And I found out it was his old Montreal number. Okay. <laughs> I was like, first of all, that's not pedophile language. Congratulations on your kid. Right. If it was yeah. something dirty. Well, part of me thought maybe Robbie was pranking you. Yeah, me too. That's why I was like, wait, come on. And I think you can keep that in your back pocket if you ever have an annoying friend, you know, who sends you an obnoxious text message. You can just pretend to be a 12-year-old. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So keep, keep that on hand. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about editing that much. It's one of those things that it's like, what's more important, the, the effort it takes, which would then make you put out less episodes or just a casual conversation which makes you put out more episodes less effort right well I like I I talked to Ian McKay for almost four hours and it ended up being a one hour episode let, um, let it out let it out four hours and what I was worried is that Ian McKay is really interesting but like only a small percentage are going to be Fugazi fans you know? yeah so I so I cut it down to like the most salient parts of the conversation. Dude, I thought the same thing when Rogan started his podcast. I was like, hey, yeah. you're going too long. You can't go over an hour. Does no Rogan does. cut anything? No. Okay. Um, and um, and he was like, man, I see what you're saying, but, and then he does three-hour episodes and I'm wrong. Right. Everyone's into the longer ones because it fills their time at work or in, in commute. Hmm. Yeah. So the uh, an hour or 45 minutes is not, it's not as worthwhile to them as four hours. Right. This will fill their whole week. Right. Listen to you talk to, to Ian. There's these schools of thought um, about length, and there's advice online that's like, oh, we'll make it 20 minutes. But, and then also I got, my very first episode was Tim Ferriss, uh, and his, his advice was fantastic. But. What did he say? Well, I mean, no, he, he actually said make things conversational. But his advice was just, just as far as interviewing style and, um, you know, sort of structuring the conversation. I just think he's professional about that in a way that maybe m most people aren't. Yeah, he's organized. He's super organized, and like we we talked about podcasting, and he didn't, I don't even think he had notes, but he like he bullet pointed, he talked in bullet points for three hours. It was really impressive. And so I think when I started this podcast, I don't know if you how close you watched the analytics for your podcast, but uh, when we started out, I had this huge bump because he promoted my podcast uh, along with Cal Fussman's podcast. And then the numbers dropped in the first couple months, I think because people were just sort of expecting Junior Varsity, Tim Ferriss, you know, that, that I would basically be talking about the same thing. Yeah. That it would be a version. And then I just, I ended up doing some podcasts on some weird topics. Right. And then... But you um, can't worry too much about... 
the ratings as much as like, well, this is what I want to do. Well, that's exactly like I don't like I don't think I could. I wouldn't want to be a junior varsity Tim Ferriss, and Tim right. Ferriss is such a good Tim Ferriss that why would I want to try and like do the junior varsity version? Yeah. So I've done some I've done some strange shit. Like I talked to a couple friends of mine from when I was a teenager who became cops, right? So there's there's this policing. Uh, whatever the hashtag is, cool. but yeah. so bo- both my buddies, who who um, were they honking at you? I don't know. Both of my buddies so. who became cops, neither of them are white. One's one's a black guy and one's a Latino guy. Um, and so I just wanted to talk to him about like the day to day life of being a cop. Like I didn't want to make it political. It felt like I was hearing all this stuff, but nobody knew anything about the the quotidian task of being a police officer. So that was a weird double episode. But it's just something I wanted to do. Um, and then I, I've done some stuff about music. Like when I was a kid, I had this uh, this book. I went I went to my friend's church. Like I went to a sort of boring church, but uh, his a nice but boring church. He went to this holy roller church where they have altar calls and stuff. And so they, this guy came and gave a talk about sat- Satanism and rock music. <laughs> and I got the little book. And so like a lot of what I knew about rock and roll music when I was a little kid was out of this rock is evil book. And so I bought copies for a couple friends, and we just sort Such of had a crazy little... thing to like really focus your life on music. And how it's hurting children. Yeah. No, well, it was... It's like, I don't know, man. Make a charity drive. Like, what are you doing? Why is this the thing? Well, I think he was... In in retrospect, that the the minister who did that, he was just trying to get kids into church. And if they liked rock music and if you could scare them... This is like in the late 70s, early 80s when rock music was really huge. Yeah. Uh... Anyway, like he was just trying to get kids through the door. It was it was a dumb book. It was a deeply dumb book. Um, but like I did a two hour episode talking about that with a couple guys who are music experts and, and so yeah. uh, so it it is the deviate with Rolf Potts podcast. So it's designed to be all over the place. That doesn't really help monetization. I don't know if you find it super boring. If you're like that was slow and went nowhere for like thirty five minutes, then it's yeah. like all right, maybe take that part out. Yeah. You know, I, I've killed episodes where I'm like this was just a bad episode uh-huh. so I'm just like I've just never released it right but it has to be really bad because it is interesting to hear interesting people talk you know I, I don't know it's like I don't know if I could hear I, I'm trying to think who like two, just two interesting guys on a road trip not even knowing they're being recorded right they'd be like yeah play that and do you have a sense of what of, of, of your audience I mean do you has it a sense of it yeah has it grown how do people find your podcast um through lots of sources Rogan was a lot yeah um but then going on other people's podcasts right you know and, and then they, they sort of like someone just like they'll listen to me on someone else's and they'll be like oh, I like that guy right. not everybody some people are like that was fun but other people are like that guy really spoke to me right. and they'll fo- half of those half of those won't follow you and half of them will and then it just goes up a little bit so you hit your your numbers just slowly slowly and steadily rise they go through dips and, and rises you know um, huh. yeah and then it's just like I don't know I just have fun with it too I know the certain ones are going to be bigger um, now I've had actually you've been my most popular guest fuck yeah fuck you Tim Ferriss <laughs> actually yeah no you had bigger numbers than Tim Ferriss uh, one, I'm in that world, podcast world, really. He's more yeah. in the writing world. Well, he's podcast too. One disadvantage about his episode is, is the very first one, and my sound was a little soft. Oh, okay. And uh, so a lot of people emailed me and said, dude, I, I got into the subway and I couldn't hear it anymore. Yeah. And so his episode suffered. But you, yeah, you... you dude, also, I numbers. talk a lot about travel too. I mean, yeah. not all, but a lot. And so you were like 
perfectly in the wheelhouse for so I could see my a lot of my people going over there and be like, oh, cool, yeah, I'll listen to that, guys. Yeah, I'll listen yeah. to me on that thing, talking about these, these experiences. I have people bringing me, in Edinburgh this year, bringing me vagabonding to sign for them. No shit. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I met people on those trips, you know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And they were like, yeah, I'm currently on the fucking, we'll see how many months. That's great. She's gone. I'm like, that's cool. So I've signed up your name a couple of times. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that, this that's like my version of getting recognized panhandling. That's like, you know, you've you've made it a little bit at least when somebody asks Ari Shapiro to autograph Vagabonding. Yeah. Um, no, I think that you know, like when I was on your podcast, there was just like a good energy, and we covered some good ground, and so I think people like hearing us talk about travel. Yeah. And it's interesting that our the one the the souvenir episode had more listeners than the mushroom one. Oh really? Yeah, and we talked about travel a little bit when we were. We, I mean, we talked about all kinds of shit. Interesting. A year ago, we talked about mushrooms. We talked about baseball, and you know, we talked about all kinds of things. Whereas, the, the souvenir one, which was in New York, was a little bit more focused. It was there was more actual travel content, and it like passed. But I wonder though, it's like by the time they would listen to see if it's that like oh, focused or not, yeah. it's too late. It's like guys would say that girls want to fuck them because they have a small dick. And it's like, but by the time your dick is out, they're already going to fuck you. <laughs> right. They yeah. might, it's how many girls would fuck you again. Right. Like, or or, that or would walk it. away at the sight of it. I mean, nobody's going to do that. Like, uh, no, I was about to, or now I'm not. You'd have to be a crazy jerk. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. And I think what could happen is that they're like, oh, Ari, Ari was on Rolf's podcast. And then they scroll down. And the most the recent one is the souvenir one. You have to go True. all the way back to the very bottom to find the most. Also, I think there's a lot of listeners who like see every episode of something. Like with Rogan's, people tell me like, oh, I just look for the, I don't like the the, the mixed martial arts guests he has. Yeah, yeah. Or vice versa, they only like that. Um, and so they're like, if it's one of those guys, I'll listen. Yeah. So then it's like, oh, Ari's on. Like they've already been like from the other time they've they've, they've subscribed, but they never listen. Like oh, Ari's on, and then they like maybe. Right. I'll, I'll listen I, to that one. I, I do that with podcasts, too. Yeah, you know, sure. I, I totally pick and choose. Um, even like Mark Maron and stuff, I just listen to the guests that, that I you already want to hear about. Yeah. It's weird, though, because that doesn't make the best conversations. Yeah? Not, it's not related to that completely. I mean, I've gotten super interesting ones from people that no one knows who they are. Yeah. And then, like, celebrities, stories, too, for my storytelling show, it's like, it doesn't mean you're going to try as hard. Right. And I, I think a lot of, like, I've done a lot of preparation for some interviews. Yeah. And I realize that they end up, like Ian Mackay, who's been interviewed so much, that he, there's things that he just likes to talk about, you know. I thought I would come and he could talk about something different, but he just likes talking about what he likes talking about. And so I think yeah. if, you, if you're, if you like, looking for the, the Ari Shafir, you're a different monster, but if you're looking for the, um, the certain public figure interviewed, then by the time you've listened to him, give his shtick five times yeah. then, then you're hearing the same stories again right? yeah but you hear talk to some kid about being fuck I blew, I blew it bad I met a guy in Austin who told me he was and it would have been so fucking good but I was like doing meet and greets and I, I just wasn't thinking he, he was like yeah I just got back from Thailand I spent a year in fucking prison there Ooh. and I was like for what drugs right he goes yeah selling and he's like yeah I'm like dude he goes, how was it he goes it ain't a good prison oh I can't imagine yeah and then I'm like after I was like oh fuck where'd that guy go I for sure need to like talk to him on a podcast. Yeah. But like that would be way more interesting than hearing like I, I, I don't know, like Sandy Koufax talk again about the perfect game. Right. 
you know, where I'm sure he said it ad nauseum and it's just not fun for him anymore. Well, I think there's a difference some, sometimes between what's interesting and what people go to. Like, you have to sort of pimp out the... Well, actually, I think a lot of people would just... They'd, they'd say, oh, jail in Thailand. I'll at least give that 10 minutes. Yeah, so exactly. See where that goes. Yeah, and he might not be good at talking about it, which is right. probably true. I, I might need to... Like, I've had... Um, Years have done well. It, it's interesting. Like, I, I talked... The Dominatrix, the sex therapist, that episode's done fine. But I thought, oh, a sex episode. Everybody want to listen to that. No, yeah. did, I mean, it didn't... It did not. It, it wasn't listened to at a faster rate than anything else. Wow. And then, like, this... I interviewed my brother-in-law, who's a, who's a plant scientist, about, like, sort of 10,000 years of sustainable agriculture. And that's done pretty well. We're going past the topless maids... There was a Tucker truck here that I got as soon as I landed. My buddy took me to it. It was so fucking good. Okay. It was parked here, but it ain't here. So Ari wasn't excited about the topless maids van, but about the taco <laughs> no. truck that was there previously. Yeah. And, and by the way, if, if you're li- Thailand jail guy, if you're listening, you should get in touch. Oh with yeah, Ari. get in touch with me somehow. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how. I guess to my contact, contact email on my page. And actually, anybody who's listening, if they have a, an interesting story, I, like I get approached by a lot of people who have books or yeah. they they just sort of want to. They want to promote their thing. Yeah, and I can appreciate that because I've been in that position. But I can't always, like, I can't always, like... It didn't get you excited. It didn't get me excited. And, like, all 52 episodes are, like, people I know or a topic that really interests me or mm-hmm. someone I met in passing or it's like, oh, I want to talk to them again. Um, and so, but actually, one of the best the best rated episodes of this season was, uh, like, Best Places to Live in America. Like, for whatever reason it was a good episode huh. but uh i guess people that interest them so it's like one thing that i haven't done a lot of is just straight up travel stuff yeah but so why, why is that because that is your wheelhouse well i think and that's not like i i wanted to just do other stuff scratch some other itches but i think one i found i enjoy talking about and i talked about uh, travel with like jay younger who's the guitarist for white zombie and is a bag of uh-huh. reader and that was a that was a good episode and, you know, with Andrew McCarthy, who's an actor, but also a travel writer. And Kevin Kelly, the, the, the futurist, the founder of Wired Magazine. That was also a popular episode. So actually travel, I talked to Paul Theroux, the travel writer. So season two, too, I'll, I'll probably be a little bit less of a dick about sort of Not avoiding that, travel yeah. in the interest. Like, I've always wanted to talk about satanic backward masking and rock because I had that book when I was 10 and it interested yeah. me. And so I did two hours on it. I, it was one of my favorite episodes, actually. But... I might do less of that in season two and go back to travel stuff because I found also that I just know a ton about it. Yeah. Like I know, I've thought about stuff travel-wise that people usually don't do that. To the right, were you Jesusing about the attractive lady getting out of the car? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) No, but like I made the mental note. I think with her, it was something about the way she was moving. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like she was a pinup, but she just moved very well. Oh, jeez. That's, as an aside, that's, I think that's why um, a country like Brazil yeah. stop for women so much. Not because in some sort of scientific way they're more good looking, but they move really oh, well. Oh, they're so sexy there. Yeah. The beaches, that's what I noticed. Everybody wears thongs. Uh, yeah. But even the fat chicks wear thongs because they're all like super sexual and like... And damn, confident. Confident. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, what? This is fucking great. You're like, and then, and then it, 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 they're right. The way they carry it, they're right. She, she could have been Brazilian back there. Yeah, she, she could just, have been. She just moved really well. And it's like she wasn't she even trying. No, she was just so getting out of her car. She was getting out of her car and she... she uh, it's uh, like tight jeans, a tank top, and high heels. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. 
So this is the lizard brain uh, dude part of the podcast where we sort of go off on a tangent about um, how easy or like how beautiful it is when women just get out of their car. Um, I, yeah, but it's like I, I would not mind if from you. I mean, I don't know do what you want, obviously, but like of having like an idea of something. But then if you have an idea for something else, like oh, I want to, I want to talk to you. You can go on asides mm-hmm. about the 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 um, you know the the spirit the satanic you know it stuff was, in music. Yeah, yeah. Or just allow yourself if some other topic of conversation comes up to go there. But like, yeah, you do understand travel on a level that people don't really get it. I mean, even that, it's, you said that in Vagabonding where it's like, you're going to come home, people are going to be sort of interested and then immediately not interested. And it's yeah, like, you're yeah. not getting it. I talked to a writer. My, my agent always wants me to like do TV and stuff. And I'm like, it bores me. Do TV appearances. Um, or do, t- do a, a TV, like a TV show. show? Yeah, uh-huh. but I'm like, it's just boring, and my life is so fucking good right now. Where my job is not a job at all; it's just a passion. Yeah, you know, it sounds douchey, but like, I do it for free. If I'm on the road and I see an open mic, and they're like, you want to go? I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah. You know, and so then if I'm making a thousand dollars, it's the same experience. It's just a fun thing I enjoy doing. Do you make much money off your podcast? Oh, I mean, um, stand up. Right, no, but uh, oh, uh, I, I knew you were talking about stand-up. Right. I make some. I'd probably pay my rent off it. Okay. Um, yeah, I can pay my rent off it. Because monetization is something that I haven't done. And I actually like it so much that I don't care, but if I could yeah. make money. No, it's a nice bonus, for yeah. sure. For sure. Um, Ideally, I'd like to, and I want to come back to, to this this idea of doing what you love, but um, I'd like to have a sponsor. This, like, there's all this me undies, mattress, razor you type stuff. You need something stuff. that goes with what you do. Yeah, well, uh, it's either something travel oriented that I believe in, uh-huh. or like I've been wearing Blundstone boots for the last 12 years, almost every day. So you can naturally speak about them. Yeah, and I drink Evan Williams whiskey at home. Reach yeah. out to them on your own. Reach out to them, or have your agent reach out to them so it sounds more professional. Yeah. And then just go like, this guy's a huge fan. He wants to talk about a partnership. Yeah, no, Blundstone or Evan Williams if you're I'm out trying, there. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to do that with Osprey. Okay. Um, just because, like, I, I rep your shit, man. You've, I have two bags. They're great. Okay. And okay. it's like, I would love to be able to, like... Oh, I bet you could I bet you could find... Yeah, we actually... My agent, my I, old commercial agent, when I did commercials, he reached out. And they're like, they're done for the year, but they are interested in next year's thing. Do you know Tortuga backpacks? Are they good? Well, I know these guys. I've been... They've been... They're vagabonding fans, and I've been in touch with them. Oh, cool. Um, so that's, that's a thought. I mean, there's a lot of travel stuff... That would be obvious. Yeah. Obvious. But it's like when you say, like, I took this bag through fucking six countries and it really served yeah. me well. It was comfortable on my back and I fucking, you know, and yeah. then I met all these other people. They had it too. But yeah, same thing. It's like if you can actually use one for a while and then, like, yeah. give a first-hand account rather than just, like, oh, it seems like a good investment site. But it's like, no, no, I, I use it. I rep them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that would be my ideal sponsor uh, simply because, I mean, you hear there's... um you know, Blue Apron and, yeah. and these razors and just like, yeah, I, I, my beard isn't thick. I don't use it. I'm not going right. to use a razor. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's something I'm just going to have to look into. Like right now, I'm, I'm enjoying... directly. It's a wild west right now. It's like open market for everything. So it's like, um, just contact them. See what you can find. Yeah. Yeah, I can do my research. And, and actually, that's a good... Going back to what you were talking about, just enjoying your life and doing stand-up and actually it's fun... You're actually your stand-up appears in in my little souvenir. Your your little bit about the T-shirt in Thailand. Oh yeah, I'm wearing it right now actually. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Dave Lodge. That, that was so fun to watch. You know, just Thanks. just uh, just how comfortable and and it was a travel story. So that was really fun. So, um, 
I, at the same time, I, we may have mentioned this, I think I mentioned it last time I was on your podcast about people interested in me hosting a travel show. Yeah. Which in a certain sense is interesting, but there's just so much artifice. I would be a little bit nervous. It, mm-hmm. it would have to be really something that's in my wheelhouse. In what part, do you mean? Well, just like a vagabonding thing right. of me going out and talking to people and really sort of being in control of what the subject matter is. Yeah. Because I don't want to be TV fake excited about suck. shit. They don't really have, it's not their fault. They're not creative. Yeah. They're business people. Yeah. Um, and I've been contacted by them, I'm sure you're the same way, for, for 12 years. All you got to do is say, like, this is the way I want to do it. And they're like, well, how about this and this? And just go, like, respectfully, go, just go, now because, because of this and this. Like, right. whenever people tell me, like, dude, you should do, to me, like, once I, of my friends, I'm the only traveler, you okay. know? And they're like, you should do a show. I'm like, when I tell them some story, some crazy story, I'm like, right. yeah, okay, but now add, take that story and add cameras and a cameraman to it and tell me if it could still happen. Right. And they're like, yeah. oh, no. I'm yeah. like, right, yeah. it bastardized it. So if I can find a way to do that, so what I have is recollections on audio later. Right. You know, that's the show. Which is, which is great. Yeah. And did I, um, have you seen Henry Rollins' Travel Slideshow? No, I got to look at it. You yeah. sure you sent me the thing. That's a cool yeah, idea. I, um, it was just so good and, and um, uh, it's just such an elegant concept. It's like this old idea that like a hundred years ago in vaudeville, they had travel logs, which are lantern slideshows of people talking about their travels. And it's such this, this bygone technology that I think even just as a live event um, would be fun. Get people in, show some slides, tell a story. Although in this day and age too, like Instagram, people perform their travels for Instagram. Yeah. And but maybe go in and tell the story behind your bullshit Instagram. Picture, right, right. 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 You know that people, even I find it frustrating sometimes. People sort of the pictures that get liked the most are the most generically beautiful pictures. Uh huh. Um, but like, how'd you? Oh, so yeah. So here's what I was talking. So they set me up with this writer. Yeah. And I like, can have a meeting with him. Okay. So this is your... Yeah, and this is what, talk to what you're saying right now, how yeah. it is just generic. And I was like, he was like, what do you want to ex- express? I'm like, dude, TV sucks. I'm sorry if you made your life in it, but it sucks. Right, right. And it's like, it's just fake and it's phony. It's painful to watch yeah. sometimes. And I was like, well, he's like, well, okay. And he went with me. He's like, yeah, I, I understand. I'm not disagreeing with you. I work in it. I see it. He seemed oh. like a normal guy. Yeah. And we started talking about just like, well, what, what do you have as passions? And I was telling him and it was like, okay, well, here's what I don't know how to express. That feeling you get when you've hiked for a few hours and you come up over a hill and then you see the ruins of these temples or something like that. The picture of the temples, it doesn't do it. Mm. The feeling you get from having found it, you know, with your buddy that you met two days ago and you got somewhere with somebody and it's like this accomplishment and the smell that's there and it's just like, wow. You take pictures because that's what you want to like capture it just like you take a souvenir right you want to you want to have a piece of it memory yeah yeah so i'm like how would you capture that that feeling and that that moment in a tv show and he's like it's a good thought i don't know but that would be cool if you could do that it feels like something you'd almost have to try by yourself yeah because any like TV experience field crew they're going to be coming in with their own ideas of how it should work Yeah, and you would fuck up the lighting and everything but maybe if you had your own camera or, or a buddy with a camera yeah maybe like 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 Bear Grylls whoever that guy was that just like just had a selfie camera yeah. this whole, the whole time just trying to live on his own yeah you know that um, would be worth farting around with for a while yeah it's like it's like let's toss this around in our heads but like I don't, just because we don't know a solution right now doesn't mean it's not there yeah but like 
to, to express to them, like, okay, I want to do it, but here's how I want to do it. So you got to go with me on this. That's right. what you tell them. Right. Well, I just, I'm skeptical because I've been talking to TV people for 12 years now. Yeah. I, I don't get approached a ton, but TV, travel TV goes through these periods of like, oh, well, let's try another Anthony or let's find someone real. And so sure. then they contact me. Um, I'm not an actor, but I have travel chops. Um, I have decent camera presence. I mean, could it maybe be something, I'm just brainstorm, but something where like you talk to some other traveler in some other place. And so then you can like go revisit the places, but the stories they tell will be like real stories. The way Bourdain is like, what a good meal, but he's in, he didn't have to be in fucking Morocco to have it. Well, that could be a thing. Like one, you know, I could, this would be kind of stupid maybe, but like be the vagabond whisperer where I take a bunch of punk kids out and like teach them to travel and, and send them off on initiatives, make them panhandle, right? Yeah. That could be interesting, but that could be stupid too. Could be stupid. Um, and then another thing too, yes. Yeah, you have to follow out. them or they check well, in and do like, I, yeah, I don't know. Well, you'd have to have people photographing them panhandling or they would have to do video diaries of, of their, of their solo hike when they've never left a city before, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, but then it would it would fall into these reality show tropes that are always. Yeah. Then they would jack it up. You know, they would they would overdo it. They meaning you know random television producer type who's trying to maximize views. Yeah. Also, television it's like a weird. I just think the demographic that watches television is different than people who stream. Like I don't watch television. I, I was hanging out with my buddies right. the other day watching sports, and I'm just not used to commercials. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy when and, you put it see them. And so it's like what what. These commercials are so weird. Uh, and so I think so much of actual cable or network television is just keeping people's attention amid all of the other distractions, you know, from commercial to commercial. And I just feel like they would end up jacking up whatever real travel thing happened would turn into some sort of dumb, real, the real world drama type stuff. Yeah, yeah. Rogan had a, had a science channel show once and he said the first edit, he was like, he was just like sweating how terrible it was huh. and he goes they were trying to fit it into these reality show formats yeah and he goes we did something interesting you're doing the fucking rose ceremony shit I think it would have to be ground up it would have to be like from the ground up yeah meaning it would have to be I mean that's the thing about podcasts is they've blown up I, Rogan is or, probably an example he's mm-hmm. huge right and he just did his thing he didn't ask for permission right and so it needs to and be and then a, it, because pod- it was so pure it's like this is how I want to do it yeah the only the only uh formatting he had to do was to fit into the, the, the medium, you know? Right. And then he was like, let's add video. And then he just did, you know, because he had money for it. But he's like, he can't do anything. You know, he's still sitting at a desk. But under those, he can do whatever he wants. Right. And so I think what could happen is that it would need a, a Rogan equivalent. Yeah. Could be you, Ari. Yeah. Where you, where you just so go out and you just do it. Yeah. And then you make it. You don't have to convince a TV person that it's good. Maybe you do an audio version Just or do a storytelling version. Yeah, exactly. Version. You go out. You're you're hanging out with. You're, you're hearing these stories, and it's like, let's. I'll buy you a drink. Tell me that story again tomorrow on the mic or whatever. And then you're meeting people. You're collecting their stories. You're talking to local people's stories. If you get a chance, you should watch the Rollins Travel slideshow just because it's um, it's it's well done. And he's riffing a lot and he's exaggerating a lot. And I raised my eyebrows at a few of his details. Um, like questioning? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a travel snob thing. And I'm not going to claim to to be better travel than Rollins because he has some great travels. But, um, yeah, I just think he he hasn't done, you can understand why Rollins wouldn't be a total dirtbag backpacker in part. He's not. He goes to hotels. Yeah. 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 And so there's just some things where it's, 
it feels like if he traveled a little bit slower, his stories would be a little bit different and his assumptions would be different. I mean, like he hands he hands out pittance to kids, and I like stopped doing that a long time ago because it's, uh, right. it's just like yeah. That's, I, I know you think you're doing a good thing. You're yeah. actually fucking it up. Yeah, it's not. It's. I mean, it's it seems good. It seems like you're in, in, in encouraging literacy. I may even talk about this in vagabonding, but in in the day, you're just sort of shaking. You're going to be gone in 15 minutes, yeah. and you're just sort of shaking up the village hierarchy because you're giving kids to pens when there's adults who are like trying to organize the kid's life and structure what sort of things they own, and then suddenly some random pasty dude gives out a pen and is gone 15 minutes later. Oh, how's the shroom situation? The mushroom situation. Good call. Let's see what we got here. How much our, do you need? One okay, of the narrative okay. You and Mel, right? Yeah. Um, this is going to be perfect. Two noobs. So we're getting mushrooms for noobs. Um, and so now, actually, we will have the cliffhanger. So in season two, you will find out... Dude, I'm what, so excited for you. Not what Ari and I did, but what me and another noob, my friend Mel. Sorry, Mel, I'm outing you on the podcast. We yeah, I didn't want to say I was like your buddy, your buddy. Because <laughs> I'm like, we, I don't know how people get with drugs. We, we can bleep your name, Mel, if if, uh, if it makes you feel self-conscious. But um, uh, yeah. And then uh, Mel might uh, refuse me, but we'll see. Uh Oh, okay. He actually sent me his. Matt's a dumbass. I sent you my number. <laughs> it's mostly Javi and Matt would only be my only connect. It's his girlfriend. He sent me his girlfriend's. That was the first one. And that was uh, the one you texted the wrong yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't a random, at least. Um, so somebody, some random person, is trying to get mushrooms for you now. Yeah, uh, but no. Okay, so she asked, "How much do I need?" I told her an eighth, probably four grams, if possible. Okay. Um, yeah, oh, this is exciting. No, I, and this is this is coming together. I might have to, I might have to bully her into doing this. Just like a it's bit a, of supplies. It's is a good idea. Um, sh- I, I'll set. I mean, send her that shroom fresh primer. Okay. It's real clinical. Send it to Tim. He said he was going to read it over. I didn't realize how much of a hippie he was. Well, no, we get the for the sequel. We need to get Tim. I'm I'm, I'm just very curious to, to to do this with Tim if he's game. Uh, to talk about shrooms. Well, to do shrooms. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm. I'm inclined to talk to do a whole episode with Shroom because he knows a lot about that. He really does. I t- was going to talk to him about travel, yeah. and it's one of those where I'm, I'm proud of myself when I'm able to come off the topic I had planned. Okay. If I uh-huh. see another topic come up. Yeah. Um, I'm glad he did your your podcast. Oh yeah, it was, it was yeah. great. Yeah. Went to dinner afterwards. He was a nice guy. Yeah, no, totally nice guy. Yeah. Which is why it would be fun to get him out in the desert someplace. Uh huh. In Texas or wherever we should. Go to my ranch in Kansas. We he does a lot of shit at, or did a lot of shit anyway, at, at Burning Man of like talking people down on bad trips. Okay. Like that was one of his like but you don't jobs. You have bad for a trips while. on mushrooms, do you? You've, you've convinced me that there's no you, such you thing. You don't. And the bad trip is really just like thinking about like dark thoughts for a little while, but right. there's no like, it, it doesn't do anything to you. It's so cool. It's like when people tell me they just started The Wire. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm so you're, jealous. You're happy for him. Right? Yeah. I wish I could just be starting The Wire. Um, well, now, yeah, this is great. So we we we, um, we, we rescued the, the shroom experience. If we can find your friend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact that she wrote back right away is a pretty good sign. I'll text the guy. Okay, here we go. I'll text the guy and see if he's around. I might not. I might have them at home. Heading there now. To, I'll go check. So we'll have to rally tomorrow. You're not gonna be able to get it right now. Uh, well, now I gotta go to Rogan's. Right. But um, it could be by tonight or something. Okay. Um, and then I can meet you tonight or tomorrow, sure. 
Um, I'm going to that show tonight, but I could meet you tomorrow. Okay, yeah. Um, what What's the show? Hollywood Bowl? Nick Cave. Hollywood Bowl? Yeah, uh, Inglewood, that arena there. Oh, okay, nice. Oh, nice. Um, Are you familiar with Nick Cave? A little bit. Bad Seeds? Yeah, yeah. I'm not super familiar, but I was... He seems super interesting. Yeah, he seems like a good guest for... He seems like an artist, you know? Yeah. No, actually, he was... When I was flying over here, I was watching the, that 20,000 Hours documentary about him. And he just has some really interesting thoughts about memory and creativity and self-mythology and stuff. Mm. Um, and, I, like, I was taking notes. It was stuff that I was going to bring up in this conversation. But um, didn't. And then all of a sudden, it's like, you text me and it's like, hey, let's meet in the morning. What's so, self-mythology? Well, it's, it's like you, you, you mythologize your past. You remember your past, but in a way that's not just a documentary rendering. Like you think about your first kiss or the first time you saw a, a woman naked or the first time that you saw the wire or did mushrooms or whatever. And then you reduce the story down to this simple cause and effect narrative that's different than how it actually did happen. Mm, yeah. That you, you take events leading up to the event that pay off and then you, you choose events after that sort of talk about how your life was changed or whatever. And so you're, you're doing mythology, you're, you're telling this story. And Nick Cave has obviously thought a ton of th about this, and a lot of his song lyrics are narrative. Uh, so I've, well, I haven't I haven't been able to think about it enough to like. I'm just having these thoughts right now about um, about um, the outrage about like believe all women, Black Lives Matter, right? Where people are like all lives matter. It's like fuck you, racist, and it's like this believe all women. It's like I believe everyone's like fuck you. It's weird because what they've done is all these groups is they've gone they've sloganized everything about their their cause this giant cause with multi-facets mm. and they've sloganized that down to three words and then when people have a problem with a three-word thing yeah. they go fuck you but it's like no it's, it's you oversimplified it you've way oversimplified it well and then all the so of course they're going to have differences of opinion on that super simplification yeah, well, when it bends narratives towards the hashtag slogan, right? Yeah, yeah, and so right, like, right. So then you have this bad date type stuff, you know? Um, yeah. That, you know, there's, there's all of this useful stuff that's going through Me Too, but then when you start sweeping everything into the same category, yeah. then, it, then, it tr then, sure, bad dates are a bad thing, but are we trivial trivializing the core thing? Yeah, where it's like Black Lives Matter, it's like, what about Latino lives? Latino people get shot. So, but instead, if they, if they could manage a slogan that would encompass all of, like, Hey, we just think police need to be a little more more trained so we can stop some of these shootings that necessarily shouldn't be happening. Um, well, that's why. And then I, it's like, oh yeah, I can get behind that. <laughs> no one's going to argue with that. Well, and then it creates this. There's like the Black Lives Matter thing, important issue, right? But then there's also a police narrative that that the story has bent so far in that direction that people are saying, well, the police have already had their say, or the police is, you know, they're. They're the enemy. And it's uh -huh. like, well, no. And so that's why yeah, I Mostly they're your friends. Well, that's why I interviewed my friend Bear, who's black, and yeah. my friend James, who's Latino, who are cops, just to ask them these questions. I mean, in, in a way, that's why... One of the reasons why I had a podcast is that the hashtag level of social media discourse is really frustrating. It's frustrating. Um, and because there's no... Pe people's hackles are up so much yeah. that, that someone who's really vested in, in Black Lives Matter or, or Me Too, of course there's this, this core of an important conversation but the important conversation isn't happening it's just it's just the hashtag again and again and again, and again. It, it's, it's, it comes down to no one's seeing the other person's side at all well it's, it's, it's like most like, cops don't want that they don't like 
people get shot. Well, exactly, like, yeah. And then, you know, my friend Bear had a very specific experience growing up without a lot of money as a, as a black guy in, in a city of Kansas. And, but, but yet he became a police officer, and that's his way of doing good. You know, that's his way of improving these situations. You know, and then there's, sometimes under the, under the Me Too umbrella, there's, there's this thing, well, men need to band together to protect women and stop being passive. It's like, well, actually the cops, that's sort of that's one their thing job. that... that 80% of men of, of cops are males and that's that's under the umbrella of what they do. Let's let's not it's so essentializing. It's so all or nothing. It's so well um, it's just overwrought. And so the the podcast is such a more useful way of talking about these things than than yeah. Twitter, which is just depressing. You know, I I can appreciate the thought behind all the hashtags, but no useful conversations yeah, are happening at all. Rogan's a big uh, he likes hunting now. So he's, you know, on a different side of the NRA than most of his liberal other liberal friends, you know, right. um, because of that hunting. And so he, Moshe Cash, this comedian, had a show on Comedy Central, and where they cover a subject, and he goes, "Would you come on and talk about gun control or hunting?" Uh, I think gun control, and he was like, thought about it, and then he was like, "No," and he's like, "Why?" He goes, "Because um, you're talking about 30 minute show, which means 22 minutes of actual show. Um, there's going to be two other guests." Um, and then you have to have to do an introduction. So that means you're talking about seven minutes, maybe, maybe, um, for 200,000 people where I could talk about it for three hours, really flesh out my entire argument right. for yeah. 2 million people. Yeah. So why in the world would I do that? You'll, you will for sure misquote me. You can't even help it. Yeah. And that's, that's the, and that's, that was a TV show. That yeah. Yeah. And so that's longer than a tweet but it still has its limitations yeah right exactly like you're limiting it so it's like this isn't worthwhile but then no one sees each other's side too so like pro-life pro-choice those are two like slogans right but like you're both pro-life exactly yeah. you know and so but it's like they, they make you take on these things like you're both pro-life and you're both pro-choice And but it's like it is not as simple as like it's a woman's right to choose it's her body it's like it ain't a tattoo don't act like it's just her body her choice <laughs> That's so oversimplifying. And for people to go like, it's a life. It's like, I know, but also it is a woman's body. Well, political conversations turn into attrition wars too. Like people feel like they can't concede ground at all. At all, right. So then it's like, now we're not talking. And then, yeah, actually like hunting, there's, you know, I'm from Kansas. My dad's a scientist. Hunters are great environmentalists in that part of the world. You know, they're big into habitat oh, right. preservation. Uh -huh. They actually know nature. They know science more wow. so than people who may have taken a science class but live in a city yeah and so um you have to run off to talk to rogan huh yeah yeah um i've got it's closer than i thought so we have another 15 minutes or so okay um so we're back at my anemic little clown car <sighs> what a fucking dork car you have <laughs> my ford fiesta <laughs> uh yeah no actually like i can um like even the, that's an interesting argument because if you're close enough to a rural to rural roots like I am, I have my great grandmother's shotgun hanging in, in my uh, in my house. Right? Yeah. And so there was a that time was when just having a gun in your house was normal because you yeah. could shoot jackrabbits to eat, and that's been about a hundred years, maybe a little bit less depending on where you live. So the argument, the essentialist, there's people who've grown up in cities and have never. Handled it's gun. like, why do you need a gun? It's like, oh, there's reasons. I don't know. You just don't know them. And are really, uh, yeah, freaked out by the idea of guns. But it's, uh, but yeah, no, there's a there's a utilitarian thing. Like I grew up shooting guns, 
what's different is the urban sort of end of the world conception of guns where like I need a gun to protect myself from home invaders uh -huh. or to overthrow the government. Uh -huh. And so I have a familiarity with guns that's tagged to the fact that my uncles and grandfathers hunted. But is there's that Arizona version of guns where it is about overthrowing government. Yeah, but that that part is different. That part makes mm -hmm. no sense to me, or it makes a lot less sense to me, or or even the idea of, well, I, I got to be strapped and packed, or else somebody's gonna I don't know, do something to me. Yeah, that makes less sense to me. So I, I, so that's that's the subdivisions of of the gun. And then politics is so fractured that it is a thing of like where you say you can't give an inch because then they'll take a mile or, or whatever. But like there was this one woman who said like, they're like, do you believe in uh, this thing with like teachers should have guns? And she goes, no. But although there's this township in Alaska where bears come into the playgrounds and these teachers actually do need guns for those situations. Right. And then her opponent was like, she believes teachers should have guns. Right. And yeah. it's like, oh, you dick. You yeah. fucking dick to oversimplify that. You know goddamn well what I was saying. That's why, like, I wonder if, if podcasts could rescue political conversations. Maybe, because you have to um, have a full, a full long one. And, like, I feel like there's a specific person who listens to Rogan, for example. Like, mm -hmm. a lot of people, a lot of, like, left-wing people who get their panties in a twist might just not listen to him at all right. right unfortunately because there's some really smart stuff conversations happening right they could be exposed to something like oh that's a different way of thinking about it and then like there's some of the people like you get in these little YouTube algorithms where it's like oh Jordan Peterson he was on Rogan I'm, I want to watch some of his videos and then all of a sudden um, YouTube is giving you this crazy right wing shit not because that's who Jordan Peterson is but because it's taking you down a rabbit hole it's like the world wants to take you into the, these extremes and away from interesting conversations. So that's that's the one caveat. Like, I'm not sure... Well, I didn't even frame my police conversation as a political conversation. That's I, good. I just wanted people like, to understand what experience. it's like to be a cop. Yeah. And then it's it's not it's not weird because it just so happens that my the guys I was buddies with were not white who became cops. And so we can talk about this in a non-awkward way. It's like, okay, we've established that Bear is black and now he can just talk about his experience as a cop. And so... It almost feels like there's some piecemeal stuff that maybe a few people will now know more about policing from listening to my podcast. It wasn't framed in a political way. If it was framed in a political way, then maybe people will have their hackles up. It's weird. right. Yeah, that that is it. If you almost like don't bring it up in that in that context, they'll be like, "Oh, that's interesting." You're like, "Oh, that's just, uh, proof for this case." And you're like, "Oh, fuck." Well, I also did an episode about the history of the Star Spangled Banner, which is which is really interesting, and I tried not to politicize that, but it's like it's a weird song. Um, and there's some there's some gangster shit that happens in some of the lyrics because it's sort of this. It's a war song too, right? It, yeah, it's a war song, and, it, and it, there's some violence in some of the verses that we don't usually sing. But but I talked to a really interesting guy, Mark Clegg from the University of Michigan. He's a, he's, he's a musicologist, so he can talk about the the air quotes problematic parts of the song. But he, huh. he he's also making an argument for why it's still a good song and an important song, and, and he can talk about how. When Jimi Hendrix played it, it was it was sort of an that was a sort of an, uh, an act of protest in its own way, and that they've all people have always used this song uh, to protest things. Abolitionists changed the words to make it into an abolitionist song. What was what was Hendrix used to protest? Was... Uh, well, he was he did it at Woodstock, and so he like did these guitar solos that were sort of like war noises. It was during the the, oh, the, yeah. the, the, the Vietnam era. Um, anyway, I didn't frame that as political either. I was just giving information. Interestingly, that hasn't been a hugely listened to. I think it would have. I would have had twice as many listens if it was like, yeah, NFL controversy. Here's well, the big. That's the fucking problem with our uh, with everything online now. It's like the whoever's titling stuff is doing yeah. it to get you going. Right, and so the Ugh. funny thing is, and even with that title, 
I'm sure people would have had their hackles up. So the people who did listen to it now know a ton of shit about the Star Spangled Banner. You ever read The Fountainhead? I haven't read The Fountainhead, no. It's my favorite. But, like, um, this guy got... He got set up, but he was made to uh, to make this new big church. Like, he was a, he's a uh, architect. And they're like... Somebody who's, like, kind of his enemy is like, I got you this fucking job to make this great church. He's like, all right. He goes, do whatever you want. He goes, that's the rule. And that's how he always lives. He goes, i got to be able to do whatever I want. They're like, sure. And so he's like, okay. And he makes his church. And then the guy who funded it, who told the guy to fund it, excuse me, he, like, knew all this newspapers stuff. And he was like, it's awful. It's low. It's supposed to be high. It's supposed to take you to God, but it's all low. And the architect's point was, like, no, God is here on earth, and it's not a uh, heaven thing. Uh, uh. And anyway, so everyone came out. It's like, it's horrible. I can't believe you would do this. It's fucking anti-God. But I like the passage where, like, some people who didn't read the newspapers would go in, and they would sit down and be overcome with a sense of peace. Hmm. Because the guy's great. He's a great architect. Right. He, he did it. And if you don't come into it with, like, preconceived notions, you're like, oh, that's actually really nice. But once you do, like, have a title like that for a podcast of, like, right. it's about the left, and you're like, yeah. Yeah. Like you, they can't just appreciate it as it should be appreciated as like now I know a little bit more about the police interesting yeah well with both of those like I know more about what the 200 the year context of the Star Spangled Banner I know more what, what it's like procedurally to be a cop even if you're a black cop yeah um, but to get people into that room you need to piss them off or scare them I mean I got those were I had an average amount of listens but I, I'm, I can guarantee you they would have had double listens if they would have been so anyway that's the problem I want to continue I appreciate your point of doing some more travel stuff because that's what I know about. But yeah. um, but doing this stuff, just take a political issue and don't frame it politically at all. Here's some information about what it's like to be inside of a cop car as a black cop in the middle of the country. Here's here's actually the, the history of the Star Spangled Banner and how it's been used in protest. That's and, cool. And here's a random rock star and here's a conversation about travel. So Yeah. In, any advice for me? I know you got to go. You got to go talk to Joe Rogan, and we yeah. can't idle here out forever, or else people think this is a drug deal or some sort of gay sex. We're actually where are we? We're in like a warren of parking garages somewhere yeah, in Los some Angeles. Some sort of complex. And I got to I got to jump in my anemic little Ford Fiesta. And what were you saying? Any what? Oh yeah, any any um, podcast advice? Uh, what, I mean, what, yeah. Going into season two, what should I be thinking? I would I would not I would not I would edit way less. Or, or maybe not edit. It's it's not important. You're coming to it from a TV mentality, not a podcast mentality. Right. It really is more like morning radio, where they're just trying to fill time on their huh. commute at work while they're doing some like uh, manual labor. So you're just filling the time. So don't worry about as much about editing. It's it's holding you back. Um, and then also like you really do know travel and you know how to get the fucking you get you know how to ask the questions to get out of them that experience of coming over the hill to that ruins of mm, temples. Yeah. You know what that's like. Where other people don't know how to ask questions. They ask questions like What's your favorite place? What's Vietnam like? Yeah. You know? And it's like, God, that's so fucking broad and you're not getting there. Where I'll be like, somebody telling me about Cambodia, I'm like, oh how do you like that low clock? And right. like, dude, that's so fucking good. You ever have it on French fries? I'm like, yeah, what? So isn't that awesome? Right, what, yeah. what kind of like like the street? I don't know, just oh, like specific questions. Yeah. yeah, but you know the terms to ask those questions. Yeah. Um, and it really pulls amazing stories out. So it's like, whatever. But also not being too focused into like it has to be about travel. Yeah. You know, and then you can go off and come back to things. You right. know, so if you do have four hours, you can have a, an hour long aside. 
Right. And actually, I'm, I'm, listeners, um, I'm curious to know what you think. I, 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 I'm with you, though, because my long episodes are listened to as much or more as my short ones, right? Yeah. I think I might do an experimental, like, 10 to 20 episode non-edit season and just see if anybody gets... Yeah. And I'm sure you'll have some people, like, it's just like, they're going to have more moments of cool. Right. The percentage might go down. Right, but but I'm I'm all, I'm sort of at this stubborn middle aged stage where I don't really care about stats or monetization yet. Yeah, I might try to monetize somehow, but um, yeah. Yeah, and monetization reach. I would reach out directly. Joey Diaz always did that, and it was it worked. Find somebody there if they're like, oh no, like find someone else there. Yeah, no. I, or go yeah. To, yeah, go to Evan Williams. You like Evan Williams, really? It's it's my home. It's my home bourbon. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's funny. It's not my bar bourbon, but it's my home bourbon. They actually, in Comedy Central, we had a thing where somebody was like, there was always this fight with like censorship and editing um, what you're allowed to use for brands and stuff. So we told that story by my friend Hitchhiking Joe McDonald's. They're like, um, he, and then he started, he like had this crisis, like, dude, you're all drug addicts. <laughs> like, and he's like, bro, you're tripping out on a McDonald's. Don't fucking judge us. Right. You know? And they're like, can you change that to like um, a Del Taco? I'm like, no, I can't change it to a Del Taco. Well, they were afraid of McDonald's? Like, it's a sponsor. It's a sponsor oh, for Viacom. Oh, it's a sponsor. Okay. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, man, I, I get I get what you're saying. We're not demeaning McDonald's. We're not saying yeah, they have shitty Big Macs. Right. But also, no, Del Taco, it, it, one, it's not true. I'm okay with changing it slightly for an even. But, like, right. no, McDonald's is actually the right word to use there. If I was writing a novel, right. McDonald's is better than Del and Taco. It, it was actually the place in yeah. question. Yeah, yeah. And so they like we had to fight over it. But anyway, there was one where it's about alcohol. Alcohol has a bigger problem because they really can't promote guzzling of alcohol. Okay. You know, then it's like promotes underage drinking and stuff like that. They can't. Budweiser can't be associated with like I fucking drank twelve Budweisers. Like you can't use your name for that. You know, (laughs) I can say like I got so I ate twelve Big Macs. I felt like a pig. Like that's okay. Right. You know, but so they said you can replace something. I forget what it was with Evan Williams. Really? That's the allowable one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and I had to tell a guy, he goes, yeah, I don't have to drink Evan Williams, it's fine. I mean, it's, it's actually, it was Jack Daniels, but Evan Williams works fine. It doesn't really matter. It was just whatever he had in his closet. Right, yeah. Was but it, but I was like, why Evan Williams? That's what's always in my head is like the allowable booze. Well, they sponsor the Kansas City Royals. There's there's Evan Williams banners at the, oh, at the ballpark. So. Cool. And I, and I drink it, so Evan Williams people come to me, make yeah. me an offer. Yeah, make him an offer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, you have to run off to Joe Rogan's, and then we need to meet up for mushrooms. Uh, stay tuned for season two of Deviate with Rolf. Potter. Yeah, and you're going to talk about this fucking trip. You're going to give the full report on uh, on the mushrooms. I'm, I'm sorry, Mel, I've already implicated you. You, you can still <laughs> Now say you have no. no choice but to do it. You can still say no like Nancy Reagan suggested in the 1980s. But one way or another, there will be a, a mushroom report in season two of Rolf Potts. This has been Deviate with Rolf Potts. Thanks for listening this season. Please subscribe and leave a friendly rating at your favorite podcast service. And go to rolfpotts.com if you'd like to sign up for my occasional newsletters. And, of course, email me with feedback about this podcast and its first season at deviateatrolfpots.com. Show notes, as usual, are at rolfpots.com slash deviate. And don't forget to check out the Round the World Flight Planner at airtrex.com slash deviate. It's a great way to dream about travel and a great way to support the show. A big thanks to Justin Glow, who has edited and co-produced all of the Season 1 episodes, as well as Jan Futterman for his work on the show notes, and my nephew Cedar Van Tassel, who recorded the DV8 theme music when he was just 17 years old. I put links to his album Lumber in the show notes at rolfpots.com slash 
Finally, a heartfelt thanks to everyone who's been listening. I hope you tune in in the spring of 2019 for Season 2 of Deviate with Rolf Potts. Tell me, can you, can you can you identify yourself? <laughs> My name is Ari Shapiro. <laughs> okay. And so what's happening right now? These are mushrooms. Okay. Um, what you want to do is split these about in half. Okay. Half for you and half for her. You're gonna. But she's it. smaller than me, so yeah, should I give so her like a third? Doesn't really work that way. Okay. So um, uh, if if you see like one is slightly bigger, take the bigger half. But like okay. it really doesn't work that way. Do you eat the whole thing? Eat the whole thing. And all at once, or do I save some? All at once. Okay. Yeah, this is about the right amount for two people. And so what is what is this amount? This is about an eighth. Okay. So half right. an eighth. This is not a heavy dose. Okay. Um, and she said that she was told to eat a protein bar. Should I eat a protein bar or go? I haven't eaten anything today. I've never heard that. Okay. But uh, maybe get a little something. Okay. When are you thinking of taking it? Well, I guess I haven't eaten anything since last night. Well, as soon as I get home. Okay. Have something tiny, I guess. Or maybe we could start mid-afternoon. How long are these going to last? Five hours, maybe. Okay. All right. Ugh. Um, Perfect. Um, How much time do you have? Do you have to run in? Run inside? Yeah, i got to go inside. Okay. There, we're going in. Um, but yeah, split them up, eyeball them. You want to get about an even amount of caps and stems. Mm-hmm. Caps, stems. So don't. So I shouldn't hog all the caps or the stems. Right, yeah. Okay. You want to like split them up. And then all those shake that's like, you know, been crushed. Just kind of like split that in half, too. Cause I'll gotcha. Do that both. And then um, phones off. Phones off. You really want to put them off in a way. Okay. Your instinct is going to do them. The danger is two things. Okay. One, um, it will take you out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I did them, I was watching like MTV, and as soon as I shut off, went to the bathroom, I was like, "Oh, I'm flying now." So like, get away from the screens. Okay. You can have music playing if you want. So just but... like enjoy the outdoors. Some mu- yeah. music is okay. But don't worry about it if you don't want to. But then. Um, but then also you're going to end up writing like a text to your mom or somebody that you, you're going to regret doing later <laughs> when you're full of love. So okay. that's, that's the biggest danger to me. Um, but yeah, if you get lost, you'll be fine. You'll find your way later. Okay. Um, maybe put like 100 bucks in your pocket each. Okay. Uh, just in case you wander out and you'll need them. You won't really care. Should, should about we pin books. notes to our shirts? <laughs> <laughs> um, if you might have to wander far, far away and then be like, oh, fuck, how do I get back when you come down? So you'll want the hundred bucks for that. Gotcha. Um, but then that's it. Everything else is part of the adventure. You'll enjoy yourself. Um, the nerves you'll probably feel, I feel every time. Really? Yeah. And okay. I've done them like 50, 60 times. Like just a little bit of anxiety of what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. When you start breathing it in, if you start feeling nauseous, just like sit down, uh, look back and breathe, like get some fresh air. Even if you throw up, which you probably won't, it won't matter. Okay. Um, I've had friends like barfing and laughing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then just like breathe off the anxiety and be like, we're in for a good time. That was just like the, the drug taking hold, but okay. just enjoy yourself. And then like, uh, if it gets too much... It's going to sound hippy-dippy, but it works. If it starts to get too much, just quietly, but out loud, be like, hey, mushrooms, pull it back a little bit. Okay. Um, and that'll put you fine in the right place. So just whisper to the mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Tell Mel that, too. 
I'll tell Mel that too. So so this concludes season one. This is season one cliffhanger. <laughs> Tune in to season two <laughs> to find out what happens when I take mushrooms. All right, thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Enjoy those. Okay.